0: And now, sifting through the static with your host, Justin Brenner. Hey, everybody. We are live, um, and I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, We are live with Lauren Tickner, um, and she is honestly appears to be a real badass (laughs) looking at her background. I have never actually talked to her um, outside of this call, so this is the first time we're actually meeting. But I'm really, really excited because she's an expert in traffic leads in building sales teams. And I know one of the things that really stood out to me, Lauren, was um, I've always been a follower of Grant Cardone, even though sometimes he can be a little bit cheesy. Um, is, you know, him, you're sitting down in an interview with him, I think that you did, where he was basically saying, you know, like, you got to watch out for this this lady. She's the real deal.
1: Yeah, that was that was really cool. And um, the craziest part about that was that his team actually hit me up before Clubhouse was even a thing and then once Clubhouse came about I don't know if you used that but we kind of got connected a little bit more but yeah he was in the UK and um he was going on different shows Um, and it was crazy they rented this massive castle which just so happened to be around like two hours drive away from where I lived in England when I was still living in the UK so the experience even just to go to this like super regal castle was cool but then to sit down with Grant Cardone was something which I never expected I would have the opportunity to do and to be honest he was a very very kind and much more shy guy than I ever would have expected, and I have tend to have found that to be a trend of like all of the super, super successful people that I've met. They're very <laughs> just gracious and uh, present, which is eye opening and a lesson in itself.
0: Yeah, I know a guy that used to work for him on a sales team. I know he's got like a massive. He's got like a, I don't know. I don't even know what he's. I know he sells like. Uh, actually, some of our members just went to his 10x conference. I think in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And they said it was really, really good. Um, And I think that he had said the cost to put that in, it was like $12 million or something he was saying that he was talking about, which is just insane for an event. But I mean, he had like Mark Wahlberg, um, huge names that were just speaking. And obviously, you know, you probably pay them each a million dollars, but it was kind of crazy to see on how much he puts into actually building his events and that kind of stuff. Like Castle was probably, I don't know, I would assume to rent a castle is expensive.
1: Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But he definitely lives his life, that's for sure. So it's cool to see. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, anyways, the real reason we're here is to talk with you. Um, it'd be nice to hear hear a little bit about yourself, get to know you a little bit better and kind of, you know, how you became this, um, I don't like the word guru, but I, uh, you know, how you became this really well-known spectrum, which I think is really, really awesome because obviously you're a female. And having these powerful female figures in these types of positions, I think, is very, very important. You don't get to see that as often as what you would like. But I know you're very, very well respected with like Gary uh, Gary V, and multiple other people. So it would be nice to get a little bit of background on you, where you come from, kind of what your specialty is, what you do. And then we can kind of dive in because I know you have a pretty sweet presentation to go over. So
1: yeah, totally. I mean, the presentation is going to go over some of that if you want me to start sharing because oh, it, yeah. it might be. It might be quite shocking for your people because you guys are all ads people, right? And so what I'm about to share might um, kind of give you some clarity as to how I was able to build everything organically. And only now am I starting to really, really get into ads. So if you want, I can share my screen, get right into it. Awesome. Cool. Let's do that then. Um, Because... Yeah, this presentation is actually the same presentation that I gave when I shared the stage with Gary Vee just a few days ago here in Times Square in New York City. And so I wanted to share this same talk with your people because you guys in this group are already running ads. You have the top of the funnel dialed in and... Some of the people that do the very best with this strategy that I'm about to go over here today are those that already do run ads because it's going to act as a safety net to allow your spend to go further and to ensure that less is leaking out the side of the funnel. Now, after I did this talk, I was gearing it up primarily for service-based business owners. However, the guy that ran the event was actually saying that this would be relevant even if you have e-commerce as well, even if you're selling low tickets. So I just wanted to kind of go into this with that in mind. My expertise, though, is definitely not in e-commerce. My background, I was an online fitness coach in the early days, and I started doing that as a side hustle while I was still in high school. So I was pretty early on social media, especially on Instagram and Snapchat back when that was still a thing. So yeah, with that said, what I'm going to be talking about today is how to leverage a sales team to double your business at the very, very least. And you may know at this point as a business owner, as a founder, that sometimes if you hire some salespeople and then just start passing them over to uh, your prospects over to salespeople, they start saying like, oh, I wish I could speak to you. I wish I could, you know, talk with you. You're the founder. And then maybe you've hired some salespeople and they start telling you it's easy for you to sell uh, because you're the founder, right? It's much, much easier. So I really want to give you the strategy today to be able to sell without your leads and without your prospects, getting an owner boner and only wanting to talk to you so that you, as the founder, can get yourself out of the business, right? Maybe you're still in the ad accounts all day, every day, you're still having to do the DMs, type the emails, take the sales calls, right? It's exhausting. And ultimately, in order to scale to that next level, we have to be able to build a team that we can depend upon in order to get ourselves to be able to stay in our zone of genius and to yeah, to be able to get think, there. So I
0: think that's the hardest thing in anything, not only building a sales team, but especially, and I, 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 do blame COVID for part of this, but to me, since COVID hit, and I don't know what it is, but it's like, we've seen a radical change in like, just psychological behavior with people. And I see you nodding. So you probably know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, everyone has become a lot more lazy. Nobody wants to work as hard. And it's super hard to find people that are going to treat the business, the way that you do and treat the customers the way you want to treat, you know, and I had an example um, where, you know, an example would be like somebody messing up on an ad account, because like you said, you know, we're busy running the business, you can't watch everything, right? Well, ultimately, nobody knows who your team is. And if they don't take that same behavior and craft that same mentality of like treating it as it's their own business, That's where, like, you get clients that come and say, What are you guys doing? And it's like, Well, what do you mean? Well, you did this, this, and this. I'll have to look into that. And you're not even aware. And then it comes back to bite you in the butt because you're the face of the business. So I find that really being a challenge um, throughout the years. And especially as I see myself interacting, especially like lately in the construction industry, because we've been doing a remodel on our house, Mm. you know, the owners are good, but then you get these people that come in and do subpar quality work. Um, you know, that you're like, what, what the heck, you know? So yeah. hopefully part of your presentation will go into that on how you find that. Cause I think that's a home run.
1: Yeah. And so you didn't know that was coming, right? But it is, no, I didn't.
0: <laughs> so yeah, yes. Yeah.
1: So I, I have got that, um, covered because especially in sales, they are the front lines of your business. And much like, you know, when somebody runs an ad and people all see that copy, they see the creative. Well, if the salesperson is the first human interaction that they have, if they screw it up, Part of my language but if they do then they drop the ball and then that person could have a bad experience who then yeah. not only they have the experience but they can go and tell other people that their interaction with your company was subpar and we don't want that right we want to maintain high quality and high standard so yeah. absolutely i'm going to go into that and at that moment if you have any further questions um about what i'm saying there, please like uh from your experience and what you've been seeing in the trenches ask me that and i can do my best to cover from what we've seen has yeah. been worth despite that um because the nice thing is while all that's been going on more people have understood that they don't have to go around knocking doors anymore they can take that same hustle and bring it online and so we're finding actually some of the best sales people who have typically been door-to-door sales people now can have the benefit of being online but they still have that that right. that work ethic so that's also quite nice so
0: okay yeah
1: Okay. So yeah, this is a common problem for founders. And again, you know, we've seen that I spoke to Garrett with, with Gary V, Grant Cardone, but just to show you that this does work outside of our kind of famous influencer industry. I just want to show you this is one of our clients who is the founder of a company called Public Spend Forum. Um, he was having to do all the sales himself. He tried hiring people. And then his sales team, they went through our training. And you can see here, um, not only were we able to turn their subscription offer into a 90k instead of 25k, because he now had the sales team, he was able to go ahead and broker a government contract. This is his area of expertise. We are not the ones that helped broker this deal. He was able to do that because of what we did over here with his sales team. Right. We don't show how to close these massive deals. I don't know how to do that. This is his area because he bought back his time with his sales team, able to do the low ticket sales, his version of low ticket, right? He could increase potentially the valuation of his company by 150 million. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to show you that because I truly believe that the founder in their zone of genius is where the business is able to get to that next level. And as you said, when we have the sales team who can actually go ahead, act as a safety net On the leads that you're already generating for your business, expand the reach, we're able to do great things. So, how did I come up with this? This might give some of your people slight heart palpitations. I even hired the best of the best people that you would know in your media buying world to come in, try and fix my ad account, even to try and run ads for my business from their ad accounts. But what ended up happening was not only was the ad account getting banned, the business manager, the Facebook page got banned. I then made a new page. It got banned too. The profile, everything was banned. It would come up for a few days, down for a few days. Tried YouTube ads. Uh, It just wasn't really to the level in which we wanted it to be with regards to the YouTube ads. Um, And so we ended up just feeling totally defeated by paid media. Okay? So instead... I tried everything. I was posting organic content multiple times a day across all the different platforms. I outsourced my marketing, I outsourced my sales, and the problem that I was having was no one could sell as good as me. And so I was super frustrated because I felt really trapped by my business. And so at this time back back in these days I had actually recently shifted away from selling fitness to selling personal branding support and done-for-you services uh, and lead generation through personal branding, right? So I just couldn't get anyone to sell as good as I could, probably maybe because I was in the personal branding space. But just to give you some clarity, um, I outsourced to so many people. And then finally, I got it working through running a webinar whereby I had attracted the leads through my YouTube content. And then I was personally following up with everybody that opted into the webinar. So I got their email and their phone number and I was just phoning them. Okay, so I finally realized, well, I can actually get something to convert, which doesn't need paid media, but. It means that I need to be on the phone dialing people up. So how can I go ahead and get other people on my team to do this without me needing to do everything? So I brought one girl as I was doing this under my wing, as it were, she was supporting some of our clients, but she had a really bold personality. So I said, Hey, look, I need some help. Like, can you dial some of these up? So she would dial some of them up too, and then book them onto a sales call with me where I would then end up closing them. And so it was a really nice feeling to know that this could actually work without everything being reliant on my back. And so just to give you some clarity, we also now do this on social media, and we call it the specialist setter system, specialist setter sales system, right? So for example, this post had 600 comments or so on my Instagram. So every single time someone comments, now we have a specialist setter who then goes out and messages those people. So any comments on ads, go out and message them. Any comments on any tweet replies, any people as well. You could even do it on the people that are liking this. And then my the specialist, they will then go and prioritize the prospects who are commenting, who perhaps have the most intent. So I see uh, there's also ways on Facebook and Instagram to automate this. So anyone who actually comments on any of my Instagram posts, or my Facebook posts, not personal Facebook profile, but like the ad account type of profile, the fan page, you know, you can actually automate an initial message. So it's really nice that then they're in the, the DMs. And then from there, you have a conversation with them whereby you qualify them and set them onto an appointment. I'll get into it in a little more depth in the moment, but you look like you may have had a question there.
0: No, 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 no question.
1: Okay, easy. So here's another example. This was just Twitter as well. uh, Also automated. They get the first initial message, but the automated message we don't really care about. That's just an easy, quicker solution to get them into the DMs. Then from there, the team message them and reply back to them. Also swapping out the opt-in form It's super effective to add a phone number opt in because then, of course, as I said earlier, you can dial them up. So specialist setter system allowed me to get my time back because I was able to train this to other people. It's it's decently simple. It's just that many people don't do it because it sounds a lot more than it is. And if you are having your specialist setters just send super spammy messages again, things can go horribly wrong. Right. Right. The sales volume increases from existing opt-ins, right? I'm not talking top of the funnel stuff here. Everyone here in this group, you guys are fantastic at getting, you're in the best hands when it comes to increasing top of the funnel, right? From what you're learning here. I'm talking about like increasing conversions here. And then you can confidently go all in on marketing because your back-end converts, right? It's like knowing that you have a killer VSL that's booking sales calls by itself for like, I don't know, let's say $200 per sales call booked, right? Mm -hmm. If you have that, you can spend more money because you know that it converts. Well, this is the exact same thing. When you know that it converts, you can then just go all in on the top of the funnel. And to be honest, you can get that sales call uh, cost per call down from 200 bucks down to 170. I mean, what what extra could you do with that additional revenue when you can pull that back into your business? And the best thing is these people will work on commission only. So let's get into it. Adding salespeople to marketing. Kind of went through this, but there's two sides to it. There's the content side where anyone that's liking, anyone that's commenting, anyone that's watching stories outreaching onto them. And then funnels, just switching out the phone number, dialing them up. A lot of people say, no one answers the phone. I always know that someone does not have a good sales team. If they tell me that no one answers the phone, people answer the phone. It may be a low percentage, right? But at the end of the day, if you're you're having someone do 200 dials a day, and they book five of them onto the calendar, and even if you only close at 20%, that's one additional sale per day that you're getting.
0: Do you go over your tech stack in this presentation?
1: Um, I can do, I don't necessarily go through it now, but um, we actually run everything all through high level at the moment. So everything can be done through high level. Um, The automated comments cannot be done through high level right now. We use Mobile Monkey for that, but I believe you can also use ManyChat for that. And obviously anything that's being done through high level, uh, you could use HubSpot as well. Um, I am considering uh, maybe one day switching over to HubSpot, but my team, no, no, okay. No so okay.
0: expensive. I mean, it's it's 35 times the price of Go High Level.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I like the team at high level. They're really sound. Uh and uh I don't know. I've had conflicting opinions, and I think sometimes we get overly obsessed with our tech stack, to be fair. I think. Yep. What's the saying that my grandparents always used to say? A bad workman always blames his tools, (laughs) right? So I think at the end of the day, we can make it work with whatever we have. But yeah, I mean, mobile monkey's cool. Uh, Many chats cool. High level's cool. They're all good, right? I just like simplicity. And that's what I like about having ideally everything all in one place but it does add additional risk right because if things are all centralized there's more risk that if it breaks then it's down like yesterday loom was down right i recorded a 50 minute screen recording and loom was broken and i lost that video and i'm so mad yeah because this was like a really important training so have to be have to be conscious of 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 that as well so I'm not I'm not emotional about tech stacks, but we do white label high level right now for our clients because um, we build it all for them. Yep. So that's also why I like it. But at the same time, I'm not emotionally attached. Whatever does the job. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What do you use out of interest?
0: Uh, we use mainly Shopify and, so, and I've used go high level for like lead gen stuff in the past. And then we've had a couple of clients on HubSpot, but HubSpot's very limited and it's very expensive. So, OK.
1: Yeah, Good I feedback. really like
0: the comment you said about the guy that blames his tools. Yeah, I, was, I was laughing because it was, <laughs> you say that. And I literally had a guy upstairs the other day working. <laughs> he was putting trim on my baseboard and he kept getting these nails sticking out and he like blamed his nailer. And I was like, this is like the, and I was thinking in my head, this is like the fifth time I've caught you with like nails sticking out. And every single time he blamed his nail gun and he's like, I just bought a new nail gun. It's brand new. And it's like, I was thinking in my head, you've bought five nail guns now in three weeks, dude. That's something <laughs> wrong you're doing. Not the nail gun. Oh, yeah. That
1: is awesome. Yeah, well, there we go. So next time you can say that to him and see how he reacts.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe not when he's got the nail gun in his hand. Probably but not. um just going back to this though, so I know you I know what you media buyers are like, right? And uh you like you, you're obsessed with your numbers, and I respect that and I love that. So let's go into some logic here. Um, because sometimes it's hard to understand like how much you may be living on the table. Now, again, I'm going to speak from the perspective of service-based or let's just say like an ultra high ticket product. Okay. Cause I'm going to go with the example of a 10 K price point.
0: Yep. So And we have those, I mean, we have, we're not a hundred percent e-com in the group. I okay. probably don't know this, but yeah, we do have a lot of people that are doing stuff like this, but a yeah, lot of coaching
1: programs, services. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%, yeah, exactly. yeah. OK, so let's just say the KPI is as you tell your specialist, OK, you're coming into this role and the expectation from you is you're going to be setting five appointments per day. OK, so that's what you tell them right now. Obviously, if, if, if it was e-commerce, you might want to just tell them five sales a day or whatever numbers make sense for you. Again, if it's super low ticket, then obviously you can increase the numbers. But I'm just going to go with this for now. So let's say in the beginning, Over the first year, you hire three sales specialists, okay? So three times five is 15, okay? And then seven days a week, that's 75 additional sales calls booked per week with just three people. So let's say you're closing at 40%. That's a good KPI to strive for. That's 28.5 deals. And that'll be $285,000 in revenue with 30% collected up front. That's 85.5K. Per week in additional revenue, if you have three sales specialists who are setting five calls a day. Five calls a day is very low, by the way. Like that's a very baseline minimum KPI for someone who should they should be getting that in their first month with you. Now, obviously in the beginning, okay, you have one, just cut it by a third, right? You can run the numbers. But if you had three, that's 1.14 less revenue without the specialist set a system in place. So I just had to add this because if we bolt this on to what you're already doing. The operational management to do this is very, very minimal, as long as you just make sure that you're doing quality control when it comes to the actual messages that people are sending and the actual dials that they're doing, because all they're really doing is offering an opportunity to somebody, which is whatever the offer is that your business is running right now. So as marketers, we have a series of different offers that we rotate through to grab people at the right time depending on what they need. So I see a lot of people who just have like one offer. I strongly recommend having multiple different offers that your specialist can rotate through because the thing is that as you begin to as you begin to do this, sometimes something will fall on deaf ears. So let's just say you have an ads agency. Okay, I'm seeing a lot right now like I'm going to get you 90 sales calls booked in the first 30 days or I'm going to pay you 2.5k. Well, the thing is that, honestly, for me as like a more sophisticated marketer, that sounds too good to be true. So that Mm -hmm. falls on deaf deaf ears. Whereas if you were to tell me, hey, well, what I can do for you is I'm gonna build you a VSL funnel, and it's gonna book you an additional twenty sales calls a month. And if I don't do that in the first month, I'm gonna pay all the ads. I'm gonna spend all the money on the ads. You just have to um, then pay me, I don't know, ten percent of cash collected, once we start producing revenue, I'm gonna be more interested in that, okay? That would be more interesting for me. Whereas someone else will actually convert with a different offer. Okay, so I just wanted to uh, add that point there, that was kind of a sideline and a a side point, but um, this is where, you know, all the specialist is really doing is making an offer as soon as a prospect has any level of interest or intent, making a specific offer, the main offer that your company is leading with at that point. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Okay, cool. So ask yourself this right now, how much are you leaving on the table? Maybe watch this back, run the numbers and get an understanding of how much you are missing out on because whatever you're missing out on every week and every month, or well, even if you were to just put 10% of that back into training your sales team and getting the system set up, that's going to be a simple and easy investment for you and your business. Right? So I just want to go through this quickly. So without the specialist system and then with the specialist system. So without here, whatever it is that you're doing right now to get top of the funnel, whatever it is, just bear that in mind. So what ends up happening is people come in and then some people they'll buy straight away from their own personal decision that they want to buy right now. Okay. Some people obviously go into the back end email automations, et cetera, but you're just losing so much money because at this exact moment with the specialist system, that's when a human interacts and steps in. So while everyone else in, in your industry is, is zigging, right here, you can zag, you can add the personal touch, and you're able to then ask the prospects, okay, well, thank you so much for opting in to learn about how to land 20 new clients per month using YouTube ads. I just wanted to make sure that you were in the right place. Accountability is one of our top three values here at insert your company name. So Is there anything that I can help you with? Right. And then they can be like, yeah, well, I'm really looking to and then they'll tell you what they're looking to do. Right. Basically, the aim for you is to find out in this first section here when you're first getting your specialist to message them or in the beginning, maybe it's you. You want to get to the outcome where the prospect reveals what it is that they are working towards right now or what their problem is. So you can ask them anything you need to do to get that out of them. I don't like a script because if you have a specific script at this stage, it can be way too robotic. Instead, you would want to send a specific message like, Justin looks really cool what you're doing over there at AdLeaks. And just so I can make sure that I'm giving you the best resources, because I noticed that you opted into my free training about the specialist system what exactly is it that you're looking to do with the sales team right now? Just because then I can point you in the right direction. And then you're going to be like, oh, Lauren, I've hired and fired 50 salespeople in the last three months. They're driving me crazy. I just can't seem to find anyone good. And then I'm going to be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Because right now, and then you just insert the offer, okay? The relevant offer that you don't need to, in England, we say long it out, right? Like that's kind of like an abbreviation. You don't need to drag it on. You just go for it and then set the appointment.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. So anyways, um, so you know what you're doing right now. Okay. The specialist system essentially adds it, it bolts on to what you're doing, convert the qualified leads immediately. But if they're not qualified and if you were like, nah, Lauren, I'm good. I just want to consume some more of your content. Okay. Then they go in to all of your automated marketing. And then in three months from now, when, cause every three months we, you want to have your specialist do a pipeline sweep whereby they go back to every single prospect in their pipeline because the aim is to close, okay? A close is a yes or a no. So if until they say no, totally not interested, not going in this direction anymore, you want to keep sending them the offer from the offer cyclone. We call it an offer cyclone. These are the offers that you go back to them with every quarter um, because there's a difference, again, between a product and an offer, right? It's just a different way of... Pre- the offer is a different way of presenting the product. And then this means that no opportunities are missed um, and more sales are made. Okay. So just going into this here, right? Leaders generated, you capture the data, you get the phone number, you dial them up. Or if they just came into the DMs, right? You have the the conversation in the DMs. We do have a longer framework, which is the perfect framework, um, which stands for, you want to first of all, find out what their priority is. So their problem or their goal. Um, We found that providing some evidence. So a case study video uh, of a client just like them, having them watch that before you make the offer is very, very, very beneficial. Usually at this point, that will have happened somewhere here already. Okay. Okay. Um, And then in the pre-call application form, we just do the rest. Got it. Which is just simply about finding about how are they going to measure their results? Okay. <laughs> um, What exactly is it that financially they have set aside to invest, okay? Um, E is everybody involved. So do they have a business partner or do they need to run this decision by somebody? Um, C is commitment, like how much of a real problem is this and what resources are they willing to commit? And time is how soon are they willing to get started? So again, we tried doing this all in the qualification call when we Mm -hmm. dial them up and we tried doing it all in the DM convo, but we've honestly found that just putting this in the pre-call application form is the best thing to do. Um, because then you get all the data. And of course, there are automations that you can do. If they say that they have set aside a certain budget, it goes to one specific specialist on your team to close the deal. If they've got a smaller budget, it can go to somebody else, right? Got it. Then the sale can happen. And if not closed, they get the offer cyclone as we went through already. So really, the specialist system is designed to, as I said, act as that safety net on the back end to prevent you from missing out on opportunity. And again, I had to get really, really through, like, think about it, like you're someone who's pretty much broke, and you only have a little bit of money to spend. And you have to be really careful and make sure that every dollar goes further. Because I wasn't able to run paid ads, I had to make sure that every single prospect that was coming into my ecosystem, every contact, every follower, I had to maximize and make it go way, way further. And I think when we have big budgets, we forget about this. And I heard a great quote uh, by Reed Hoffman once, um, which was, do the unscalable, okay? And so now I always, I shifted it in my mind to how can I scale the unscalable through having people do things which don't necessarily scale? Because more people means more scale. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't want you to make this mistake, though, like I did, which was being cheap, hiring offshore, outsourcing, hiring part-timers and recruiting unethical people. So um, at this point, if it's okay with you, I can go into what I have found to be the codes to hiring successful salespeople. Um, So conviction, obsession, dedication, ethics, and salesperson. So conviction means they need to be bought in on what it is that your company does. If they're just there to collect a paycheck, or if they're just there to spend some time clocking clock out and they're not fully obsessed with what you do, then the issue that's going to happen is that they won't transmit that passion onto the prospect and they'll mm-hmm. lose deals. So as an example, we have a client who helps people reverse type two diabetes. She has four people on her sales team right now and all of them are ex-clients of hers that have been through her program and they've gotten the result, right? They have total conviction in what she does because right. she literally changed their life, right? So- It's finding people who share your vision, mission, and values. And this is where, as the founder, having that time to actually break down, what is my vision? Where are we going? Why are we doing this? What's our mission? And then how are we going to mark our success? Like, what are our values? That's so critically important. And if you haven't spent time getting that down, then it's going to be really hard to get the best salespeople to come in and work for you. Right. So I'll talk about conviction a little in a moment. um, But obsession is a key trait that we look for in salespeople, because. Being really good at the specialist system, especially you have to always be on top of it, right, because it's not just like this inbound closer movement whereby they'll demand only calls booked onto their calendar. And I must just have the best of the best leads. And if they aren't fully qualified, I'm not going to waste my time. That type of mindset, I personally believe is quite dangerous on a sales team. Um, because if they're not hungry, if they're not obsessed, then they're not going to be go going after it and and hunting for new opportunity and new business. Right. Um, so yeah. obsession is critical. You want people who are Ready to go for it? They're willing. We have found people who are ex-military or ex-professional sports people are fantastic because they hold themselves to a certain standard and they don't have expectations that everything just has to be handed to them on a silver platter. Okay, dedication. Um, Because of course, when you pour so much into salespeople and you train them really, really well, especially in the online space where we have maybe even training businesses, coaching businesses, people will come to us to learn. But instead, we want to make sure that these are dedicated people. So we will always look in their track record and see how many people they've worked for over the last few <laughs> years. If they've been job hopping, that's not someone that we're going to be interested in taking. Yep. Further, right. Um, ethical. So you may have had this before. Um, I had this a few years ago, and this is when I realized, okay, I'm never making that mistake again. Hiring people who won't just close a deal for the sake of collecting commission, instead hiring people who want what's truly best for the client. So it's a nightmare if you have a salesperson who just wants to make loads of money, and then they start just selling to everyone, making false promises, um, causes a disaster for the rest of your team. So instead, ensuring that they actually have strong ethics, and they will say no to a commission If it's in the best interest of the client and the company. Uh, And finally, a salesperson. So you may have had this before where people say, yeah, I'll come and do sales for you so that I can learn from you. Or maybe you've seen these uh, agencies whereby they hire virtual assistants who are going to run your sales team. This is a sales role. So you want professional salespeople. Again, I've made all the mistakes in the book and I truly find that salespeople based out of if Mike, I mean, for example, my company is an English speaking company. So where the language is, the first language is English. So for me, what crushes is Australia, South Africa, UK, and the USA, Canada. Those are the countries where I personally look for my salespeople. Yep. Um, I want people who have been in sales for a minimum of five years. I don't want people who are junior trainees who I need to train up. I want professional salespeople who are in the craft because they love sales. And yep. I want to look for people that have not been through these high ticket closer programs, <laughs> okay? I want to look for people who have, maybe they've studied under people like, maybe more like Jeremy Minor, or they've been reading sales books, uh, you know, sales, influence, persuasion, uh, Cialdini, things like that, right? That's what I'm looking more for, just to give yep. some and clarity. Right. Um, so now we know the codes for a successful salesperson, there are also codes for a successful sales team. So shall I go into that now? Or did you have any yeah. questions? About- no,
0: yep, let sure. do
1: Okay, perfect. So competitive compensation, onboarding, daily training and accountability, engagement and system. So I'll go through these one by one as well. Um, so in order to attract top talent, you have to pay top compensation. So for my industry, what I have personally found is that If a sales specialist is making $9,000 as their on-target earnings, that is the sweet spot. Now, obviously, if you are in investment banking, okay, it's going to be much higher. Whereas if you are in health and fitness, it's going to be lower. So you're going to want to do a little bit of research in your market. I've just found that in the agency, you know, B2B coaching, B2B consulting space, the 9K has been a really, really good sweet spot. And that's based on them collecting 100K per month. Okay. as a as someone who does the actual closing. Now, if you're in the stage whereby you're going to have a sales specialist, go after and attack the leads, right, and set the appointment and they're going to book it onto your calendar as the founder in the beginning, you're basically just going to take that down by half. Again, okay. I don't give a specific percentage and say you must pay 10% or you must pay 7% because if you're selling something for 2k versus selling something for 200k, it's very very different, right? And so I just wanted to give uh give that. But having competitive compensation is critically important when it comes to ensuring that you bring on the best talent because you need to ensure that you have the best opportunity so that these people don't go and work for your competition. Right. Okay. Onboarding. So you know how earlier we spoke about conviction. We use the onboarding process as a way to ensure that the sales specialist is totally convicted in what we do. So the main focus over the first few days is mission vision, and values, and also client case studies and testimonials. And so we get them to the point whereby we'll ask them about specific case studies, and they can go ahead and roll off loads of the results that the clients have gotten. And the reason why we do that is because we know that when we lead with ensuring they're convicted, then even when they don't have the best sales training in the world, and, um, you know, the best objection handling etc they can lead with conviction and passion uh, and that can get them their first few closes okay
0: right
1: so onboarding is really important it's not just like you hire a salesperson and you're just like oh well they're on commission only here you go and just chuck them in I've seen this so many times again if we go back to our numbers from before and let's say they're having five sales calls a day and your price point is 10k well not it's not just that you don't, you only pay them a commission when they close a deal. It's that you're losing 50K a day through not training them and onboarding them the right way. Right. So we have to reframe the way that we think about it. Daily training and accountability is super important on a sales team. So the morning huddle is designed to get them hyped and excited about their day to go after it. Um, and we share a testimonial as well, which allows them to be reminded of any recent sales they've made to that. That have now started getting results already. Um, end of day huddle, maybe not necessary if you only have a couple of people on your team or if it's just one, uh, but at least have them have an, do an end of day report because then you can look at where the drop-off is, right? Like where you look at the metrics on your funnel, just the same thing when you look at the metrics on the sales, you know, the yep. actual closing funnel. Because if they had five calls and they collected no revenue, then there's a huge problem there, right? And then you can look into and assess, was it lead quality or was it... Actually, the issue on the sales call, and you can right. go ahead and review those calls. And if right. they're selling in the DMs, instead of reviewing the phone calls, instead you'll just review the DM conversation.
0: Got it. Um,
1: engagement is a way to keep salespeople engaged, which is running competitions. So we this only it really is necessarily relevant when you have more than three on your sales team. But for example, uh, we ran a competition recently whereby the person who collected the most cash over a four-week period wins a trip to Dubai with their partner. Okay, just an example. But we like to run these competitions once a quarter, which lasts four weeks. Uh, Just keeps people motivated and excited, and then it also increases the length of time they stay with us. Because I see a lot of people have an issue of churn on their sales team. Finally, a system, right? So, giving them a script, giving them a system to follow to ensure that they can actually close deals. So we have two different systems. One is for the sales specialists who are focused on. doing the specialist system, which I showed you earlier. And then Mm -hmm. one is actually there for closing the call. We have some people who do everything end to end, the more experienced ones. uh, Whereas the people who are newer, they just get the system for actually attacking the leads that are coming in at the top of the funnel. Right? So we have a system for both. Some are trained on both, but of course they just, when they get trained on actually closing as well, pretty much what happens is they just double their earning potential um, because they get more commission. Um, So That's the codes for a successful sales team. Ensuring that your team has this system that they can use is really important because otherwise, again, we're not just going to chuck them in and rely on their past experience. They need to be trained on your product. They need to be trained on the exact specifics of your company. You can't just expect them to suddenly figure everything out by themselves. I see this a lot, which is why I mention it. Um, You'd be surprised. And um, so, yeah. Finally, I just wanted to show you this, Um, getting everybody on your team trained on sales. So this is just one uh, person from my client success team who was, who met somebody um, at an event and then they were able to get a 50K paid in full. So I just thought this was cool to mention because if you're, when you become a sales focused organization, then no opportunity is ever missed. And obviously that 50K, you know, that's a really nice amount of profit. We didn't have to pay for that lead or anything, right? That's profit that now we can pour back into the business. Um, and it just allows someone on my team to be really excited about, you know, an opportunity that they otherwise would not have had. Um, and i truly believe that if your team are trained on sales, they can become champions for your business and allow you to, yeah, to really just get your cause out further. So, um, yeah, that's everything
0: very 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 interesting and what do you see as the biggest hurdle for people that are like adopting a program like this like where's the biggest sticking point for most do you think
1: interestingly enough is top of the funnel so if you don't already have consistent leads or you haven't found a way to actually get product market fit, that's where this system will not work so I would say if someone is in a stage where they still don't have product product market fit or they don't know why people are buying from them, this becomes really, really difficult. Um, But then again, you can also use the DM conversations. And I would say to anyone who's at that stage, personally do those DM conversations because then you can start listing down what is it that people are saying that they're struggling with? What is it that people are consistently saying they need support with? Um, because then that's how you can uh, it, firstly ensure that your product is where it needs to be. And then secondly, formulate offers around the product that you have crafted based upon the feedback.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. And what do you think like for me, for me personally, the hardest part would be like from a top of funnel perspective and i I, maybe a lot of people don't struggle with this but content like actually creating and crafting and you know that especially like if you're doing a lot of organic stuff i think that's usually a big challenge for people that i see um do you have any hints tips or solutions for that for people that struggle
1: yeah that's true and i think that so so one thing that we've been doing a lot of lately which has been really cool is so. In the beginning, coming up with a hook, which we believe will be attractive to our clients, right? And then just creating a very short tweet storm around that. Okay, and then when it performs, then we just pretty much repurpose that same content onto all of the other different platforms. And I, I think that when it comes to content creation, again, people believe that their output needs to be way higher than it needs to be. But in a two hour block, in a two hour block once a week, you can get all the content that you need to for the whole week coming up. Because really, just, just let's say you're doing that and you're going to be posting once a day. In two hours, you can get seven, five days worth of, of content done. Um, again, I don't I, I see a lot of people doing short form content at the moment. Um, I've also just really gone all in on that myself, but mm-hmm. um, I actually don't think it is as necessary as people believe it is. I think quality testimonials, quality case studies, getting them out there, and then just having one platform really that you master and then repurposing from there. I think that if more people focused on that, um, that's what we honestly have seen has been the best for our clients. And like for, for the majority, for the majority of our clients, honestly, what has been doing the best has been Instagram, uh, even though the engagement isn't necessarily the best. It just tends to be very easy to convert on there with this method that I have used here today.
0: Got it. OK.
1: And Facebook groups, of course.
0: Yeah. OK, well, what is the best way for people that are interested in working with you or learning more about your system? What's the best way to contact you? Get in touch.
1: Yeah, probably just Instagram. It's just my name, Lauren Tickner, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-C-K-N-E-R. Um, and yeah, if anyone is also interested in podcasts and stuff, I have a podcast called Impact School. We're going to do a rebrand soon as well. So that's going to be exciting and fun. Um, but yeah, any questions that anyone has, they can uh, message me on Instagram. I think that'll probably be the, the best place or Twitter as well. Twitter's cool. Uh, just the same username, exactly the same.
0: And how does your program work? How does your program work? Is it like a one-time thing or is it like a ongoing monthly type? Yes. The business? Like is it a custom fit thing?
1: Yeah. So our main focus is on people that have coaching programs, consulting programs, agencies, and then we bolt this system onto that business. So we have an initial four-month program. And then depending on Where the client's at, which is what we will do in an initial screening call, is we'll see what we can offer to them. So typically we will offer an additional 50 to 100k through this system within the first four month period for anybody that we work with. Um, for some clients who we don't think that it will work, honestly, we'll point them in the right direction and just say, Hey, look, maybe, you know, this isn't the best system for you right now. You need more to with the funnel, right? Or you need to build like a bigger audience first. Um, yeah. or to be honest, like you'd be better off going and running ads because you have a funnel that's crushing. And to be honest, like maybe you're not in the stage where you have enough authority though, in your right. industry for this to work. Cause this, right. this does require you to have authority. Um, I will say that. And then on the back end of that, um, we had been doing a monthly retainer um for just consistent CEO coaching because that's what our clients tend to have wanted. But we're actually going to be launching a mastermind um just because we, we survey our clients every month, mm-hmm. um, and then we take into consideration the, the results from the top 30, 20 to 30 percent of our clients because we kind of created like an algorithm based upon how long someone's been with us, how much yep. they paid us, how many referrals they've sent us. Yep. Um, and our top clients wanted a mastermind. So we will be launching a mastermind. And when I do, I'll let you know, and you can come speak. Um, okay. Cause yeah, we haven't yet launched that though. So,
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. We started doing small, it's part of ad leaks. We've been doing like six to eight people weekly masterminds um, and no charge. And it's usually they've been going like two or three hours, but it's just more wow. of a private session where everybody can get together. You can actually share intimate details and you know, that nothing's going to be shared outside of them. And they've, been going really really well the feedback has been really really well overwhelming and it's one of those things you know you you pay for mastermind and they're usually typically pretty expensive but yeah. we just started rolling that out and now we're trying to figure out how to roll it out more globally across the community which has been a challenge to get everyone to participate
1: <laughs> uh, come on guys get in there that's <laughs> wow. Well, that's awesome yeah. that's really it's cool been hard it because
0: the reach of facebook you know is low so yeah we're looking into external measures of you know being able to put a better reach system in place to be yeah. able to get with members and let them know but yeah i mean half the time Use you a specialist
1: something. system Specialist system yeah. um, that'll be great. Yeah. I mean, that's a fan. So we actually uh we recently just brought someone on uh well two people specifically on just for our Facebook group. So now what they're doing is they're just going through and messaging everyone. Because we also yep. have some old groups. Maybe you have this too. Like I have some old groups from like five years ago, but they still could be great fits to join our new group. Um, and so yeah, they've been going through the old groups and now they're gonna start going through the new group next week. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: And you haven't had any problems with them sending mass DMs of like getting in trouble with Facebook?
1: No, because what they do is they do personal message. So it's not just like a copy paste spam. Like they'll actually look at their profile and look at the cover photo, the photo, most recent stuff and send like a personal message. They take like between one and two minutes for each prospect um, because yeah, otherwise you're going to have issues. And also uh, normally they'll do maximum of 20 per hour. Uh, We've just found that that type of volume is, is effective. And then they go between facebook and then go back on Instagram or
0: Twitter or um, LinkedIn nice okay well yeah well I appreciate the time um if you guys have any questions for Lauren feel free to reach out to her um get involved very smart very smart uh woman that we have here so I'm very yeah I'm very honored to, to spend some time with you and uh look forward to getting to you know you a little bit better as uh
1: yeah time goes maybe I can come for wherever you are.
0: Yeah. It's you'd love it here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What oh yeah.
1: I'm doing like, uh, um, or what?
0: me That's working, what but <laughs> the thing is like in New York, like, cause I know you're in New York, it's just yeah. completely different. Like the nearest airport for me is say 20 miles. Right. And it would take me 18 minutes to get there. Mm-hmm. The airport in New York might be three miles and it might take you 45 minutes to get there yeah and like uh,
1: 120 bucks (laughs) yeah
0: versus like four dollars so it's just very rural it's very small
1: that's cool is the food is the food like fresh like grass-fed kind of meats and fresh oh yeah yeah because I've been feeling kind of funky since I got here I'm not gonna lie like something so so my boyfriend and I were saying this like whenever we get into the states we always just feel a little dizzy I don't know something something about the food
0: (laughs) well it's probably honestly it's New York is not the cleanest, I'll tell you that. I went to meet one time and I said I would never go back. It's so disgusting and dirty for me. I
1: don't know what I've been sneezing out. I mean,
0: (laughs) I mean, like here, you know, I could take my computer outside and show you the street and it's crystal clear, clean. Like we don't have a garbage day where the garbage is stacked three feet high. Show me.
1: Actually, no, you don't want people to know where you live. That's okay. I don't don't
0: care. They know where I live, but (laughs) I mean, it's just, yeah, it's very rural. I mean, you know, like this is, this is like,
1: Oh, My gosh, you have so much snow!
0: Oh, we have a ton. Yeah, I'm
1: depressed. Wait, no. <laughs> how do you what? No, yeah. that's crazy.
0: We have like six. I mean, it's been crazy. This year's been really hard for winter, and I know actually New York hasn't really had much snow. Period. From the sound yeah, of well, coming from
1: Dubai, coming from Dubai, you will not believe how cold I am. Like, I didn't even have a, I had no jacket, so I had to go buy a jacket.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and the price. The price to live here is so much cheaper. Like just go on to realtor.com and look in like Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And actually prices here for houses in the last two years have doubled. But three and years cool. ago, the the prices were insane. Probably what you'd pay in Dubai or to pay in New York versus paying here yeah. is just crazy.
1: Wow, that's great. Cr- yeah, I mean, but fair enough, people wanted to get out of the cities, right? So I, I mean, that that's no for me, though. Nah, no, yeah. that's too much. I have to at least wait a few months. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's interesting, but all right. Well, I'm going to drop this stream. Um. So yeah, can...
1: everyone's like, okay, this is weird now. Like, Yeah, no, I...
0: why, what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, thank you guys, everybody, for joining. If you have any questions, hit up uh, Lauren. Yeah. Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Everyone's <laughs> going to be like, this goes no, we,
0: so we do have a pretty good community, actually, honestly. It's been that's really, cool. really hard, though, because it's been steadily you know like getting harder to keep people engaged because like, the world has just gotten you know what you used to be able to do with your business in 10 minutes is now you know an hour and a half so it's gotten more challenging
1: that's true that's true